Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome this morning. Uh, so excited that you have joined us. I want to welcome you. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here at Milestone McKinney. And uh, as Alex mentioned, we are one church, multiple locations. And uh, if this is your first time, we know each and every week it's someone's first time. If this is your first time, I haven't had a chance to meet you. I look forward to meeting you after service. So thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. And uh, we're excited about all that God has in store for us this morning. Morning is Vision Weekend, and I love Vision Weekend. We do this a couple of times a year, and uh, it's an opportunity for us to just kind of recalibrate. It's it's a time that we take to just kind of refocus and dive into the why behind the what. Alex was talking about fall retreat uh, this past weekend, and I just want to take a minute. I want to thank. All of our volunteers that came up here, we had so many people that were up here Friday night helping for these students. We had people that were here all weekend long, uh, Alex, Haley, the worship team, Katie, just a phenomenal job. Can we just give a big round of applause for all of our volunteers? Listen, let me tell you something, 50 students and staff running around, you trying to hurt, it's like herding cats, okay? And uh, then you, for whatever reason, we thought it'd be a good idea, just give them like, you know, snacks and food and, you know, just get them hopped up on energy. We didn't give them energy drinks. They had plenty of energy themselves and they had an after party out here. They, were, they asked me, I was up here, they said, Pastor Chris, you think they're going to call the cops on us because it's too loud? I said, I don't know, but we have an officer here, he'll let us know if it's bad. You know, we recovered, all right? And so it was just an amazing time and, and listen, it, it really, even... Even when we do fall retreat, the reason we do that is because it, it plays into this right here, vision. The vision of where we're going, who we are, and what God has called us to be and do is Milestone Church. We're a multi-generational church. And uh, if you had been here in the first service, these first few rows are filled up with 50 kids lifting their hands, worshiping Jesus. Can I tell you something? They were being the thermostat, not the thermometer. They were setting the temperature and the tone and the expectancy and the excitement level of everyone else in the room because they were just saying, I'm going after God. And that's what we want. Because can I tell you something? As a parent, that's really what we want. We want our kids to own their own relationship with Jesus. And it's why we value this from the beginning with Pastor Jeff, our lead pastor in Keller. From, the, from day one, I can remember before I was even on the team, my friend Pastor Ty, and we get busy. And he's like, let's not do fall retreat. We just got too much going on. Pastor Jeff was like, no, these are moments that mark students. And it has been part of the DNA of who we are uh, from the very beginning. And it's exciting. We had over 400 students there in Keller, over 50, or 50 students here in McKinney, and it's just amazing to see and hear what God's doing in this generation, and you're a part of it. And, and when you think about vision, I love the word vision. I could talk about vision over and over and over again, because even when you look at the word vision, it really comes down to beginning to see things with clarity. That's what we want for you. That's what God wants for us is for us to have vision for our life. And I, and I get real passionate about this. I get real dialed up about this. I could go on and on and on about vision because I get real passionate about people gaining a vision for their own life. But it doesn't start with just like great ideas or, or, or leadership quotes or here's some key principles and how to lead well in your business. That's all well and good. It really starts with a relationship with Jesus. You see, because until you have a relationship with Jesus, you don't see yourself clearly. You don't understand the giftings and the way in which God wired you, the calling that's on your life, the purpose that he's put in your life. You miss out on all of those things. And so we love, I get so passionate about people coming to know Jesus because when you know Jesus, 
It changes everything. When people come into a relationship with Jesus, it changes everything. They begin to see things differently. They begin to see things more clearly. They begin to understand who God says they are and the purpose and the plan that God has in store for their life. And, and really, we want you to have vision personally. God wants you to have vision personally. Uh, people today, in fact, I did a series on giftings, just on giftings, not long ago. And, and really, a lot of that was, as we started studying and preparing for that and looking in that, so many people are unfulfilled with their jobs, their place of employment, where they work, what they do. And it's because so many people don't understand the way God wired them and gifted them. And so there's a, there's a personal vision God wants you to have for your life. God intends for you to have. God longs for you to have. But there's also a part of vision that as you read through the Bible, as you read through the Word of God, vision in the Word is always tied to how it impacts and serves other people. How the vision that God wants to put inside of you, how it can impact those around you. Now, I'll be honest. Don't get mad at me here. I'm not a big golfer. Okay, some of you in here, maybe you like golfing. If I want to nap, I put on golf, okay? I'm just saying, don't be mad at me, all right? Don't throw clubs at me, all right? I, I'm just not. But there is one golf event that I do get dialed into that I, that I really like, and it's the Ryder Cup. You see, if you know anything about the Ryder Cup, you see, golf is an individual sport. It's people accomplishing. They work over and over, hour upon hour upon hour on just learning how to just maneuver that club and how to master their craft. But one time a year, they come together, those individuals, as a team. And the Ryder Cup is when those, those individuals come and they compete as a team. You have all these nations competing against each other. Well, it's not all these nations. You have America and, you know, the U.K. competing. And it's just kind of us and them. And it's like, oh, who's going to win? And, but, but I love it because when you watch interviews with these guys, they talk about what do they love. They say, we love our sport. We love golf. We love competing. But there's something special about what happens when you come together as a team. You see, we know the difference. The greatest measure of fulfillment that we long for in life is when we're doing something together, when we're serving others, when we come together and God begins to do something in and through us, not just solely on our individual vision and gifting, but when we come together. I, I shared in, during our United series in Ephesians 4 that when each part plays its part, the whole is strengthened. That people actually see the fullness of the body of Christ when we all come together and play our part. But vision can be hard sometimes. Because vision, can you, can you can get a little discouraged and all of a sudden your vision begins to wane. How many of you have ever been in a moment of discouragement? Okay, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you're in a moment of discouragement. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. Okay, it's a discouraging season, all right? I, I see all the articles, you know, do we tank the season so we can take the number one pick? I've seen all the mock-ups of Trevor Lawrence in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Okay, I get it. There's moments where you just get discouraged. And while that may seem funny and that may seem humorous, you get discouraged and you go, man, am I ever going to, am I going to see what I'm believing for to come to pass? You've been waiting for God to work and for God to move and you're thinking, God, what is going to happen? How is this going to work out? I've been waiting, God, look, come on, let's go. Can you hurry it up? 
God, how did I end up here? I didn't, I didn't intend to end up in this season of life, in this transition in business, in this situation in my marriage, or in this situation in my failed marriage. I didn't intend to be here. What is happening? We get discouraged. But here's what happens. You see, vision will sustain you and propel you forward in your greatest day of discouragement. You need vision that moves you forward. And God wants to not only give you a personal vision, but also help you see and understand the vision for the whole. The vision of what it looks like for us to come together, to see what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be as one. And and really, here's where we get that vision. You get it from Jesus. And what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant. Jesus had a very clear vision. I want us to look at Luke 19. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus is speaking here of himself, and it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus had a very clear vision. He had had a mission he was dialed into. He was focused. He had a singular focus. In fact, as you read in the New Testament in the Gospels, and you read as Jesus was getting closer and closer to when he would go and die on the cross, it says that he was moving towards Jerusalem. He was headed towards Jerusalem. And there were times where people would stop him, ask him to, to heal a loved one, or they would ask him a question, and he would simply say, not being unkind, not being rude, He would say, I can't, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. He had a single-minded focus. He was, because he understood the greatest healing they need, they needed, was not what he could do for them physically, but what he was going to do for their soul when he died on the cross for their sins. And so Jesus himself had a vision. And I want us to see that this vision is not just simply the vision that he modeled for us, but I believe it's also a vision that he's called us. To be a part of. It's why we do what we do. It's why what we would call reaching people and building lives. That it becomes important to us. See, because when this right here gets inside of you. That you understand that this is what Jesus gave his life to. This was his singular focus. And what he was dialed into. All of a sudden, what was important to Jesus now becomes important to you. It becomes something that you're passionate about. It becomes something that you're focused on. It becomes something that you are dialed into. Because something happens when someone is lost and then they come into a relationship with Jesus. It just, it, it, it impacts you in a way like nothing else. I was reminded this morning about that. There's a gentleman here who gave his life to the Lord probably about two or three years ago. And he came to the Lord because someone invited his wife to the women's event, Joy, that you heard Alex talking about. And his wife came, and then she brought him, and he wasn't really into it. He's, he's, a, he's a little older than I am, and so he was kind of, he, he, had been, he lived a long life not serving the Lord, he'd tell you. But he came to church, and as he came to church, it was through coming, God began to do a work in his heart and his life. And Danny Myers gave his life to Jesus, and ever since then, he's transformed his life and transformed his family. And here's what's amazing about Danny. When Danny said, okay, Jesus, I'm going all in, he went all in. 
In fact, you may not know who Danny is, but you have probably seen Danny because he's probably opened one of these doors into this auditorium for you. He's probably opened one of the front doors for you. He's, I guarantee, set out a sign that you've walked by as you've come in here. If you have students in Elevate, he's up here on Wednesday nights because he has a daughter in Elevate. And he's saying, I'm coming up on a Wednesday night and I'm going to help Alex and I'm going to serve and I'm going to do whatever I can to be a part because Jesus did something in me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Jesus in the way in which he gave his life to me. And here's what was amazing. What I love about Danny, Danny was up here Friday night. I had the opportunity, I I preached to our students on Friday night. He was up here Friday night, setting things up, serving, helping out. He's just in the back. He's watching kids worship. They do an after party. He's not just standing there like a bouncer. He's like... He's out there playing dodgeball. He's throwing the ball at these kids. He's like, finally, I just throw balls at kids. You know, they just make me mad. Just like, All the times they're here on Wednesday night. I'm just, and I asked him, I said, how was it this morning? We were in our, our morning huddle. He's like, my shoulder's a little sore, Pastor Chris. I don't know how to, I'm going to have to work that out a little bit. You know, he's, but he was up here all late night, Friday night. He was up here almost all day yesterday. I was here last night. Wendy and I brought the girls. We came and watched service and watched what God was doing and watched worship. And he was up here. We left, and and he was still up here. And guess who I saw at 745 when I drove up to this campus walking in behind me? Danny Myers up here serving Jesus and serving families. That's why we do what we do. Because his life was changed, and because of it, family, generations changed forever. His kids growing up in a different environment, in a different context, because God did something in his life. That's what it looks like to reach people and build lives. That's what it looks like to live out what Jesus said, to seek and to save the lost. Because when someone who's lost comes into a life-giving relationship with Jesus, it transforms them. It transforms them. I want us to open up our Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. I want us to look, and I'm going to set this up just a little bit, because, you know, when you think about what's happening in the world today, Jesus is preaching his most famous sermon. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And he's preaching and he's sharing and he's talking to a group of people. And listen, there's a lot of things going on in culture, just like that are going on today. And you may be thinking, Pastor Chris, I hear you saying, reaching people, building lives, and, and, and being a part of serving others. And I want to I have vision for my own life. And I want to have vision for what it looks like to be a part of something greater. But what about what's going on in the world today? Can I tell you something? Crisis has always been a constant. The situation we're living in now, while the things may change, the, the, the accessibility to information because the technology has certainly changed, but crisis has always happened, and ne- it never fails. Every time there's been a crisis, the pe- people turn to the church. So now more than ever, us having a vision for our life, having a vision for who God has called us to be as a church family is so important. It's vital. It's so vital because people are looking. And that's how it all started from the very beginning when Pastor Jeff planted Milestone Church in Keller years ago to when this became a campus and it became Milestone McKinney about seven years ago. It has always, it's never been about buildings. It's always been about people. I mean, even when you walk in here, think about your own home. Think about your home and anyone ever wanted to do uh, home improvement projects, okay? Maybe you're bold enough. Maybe you're more more bold than I am. I don't do home improvement projects. 
Because I know just enough to make myself feel like I know what I'm doing, but not enough that when I get into the middle of that, there's going to be a problem. And the problem is probably going to cost me more money because I'm going to probably break something or do something wrong because I don't do it the right way. And I'll just be honest, to be transparent, there's also a little insecurity. I don't want that guy coming that has to fix what I messed up going, who did this? Uh... The five-year-old, she did it. She did. He's like, yeah, it looks like a five-year-old did it. I'm like, God. It's never been about the, look, you look at this building in here. We love it. Thank you, God. We're grateful. There'll be things that we make improvement for and things that we'll do, but we won't always be in this building. We'll move and make more room and make more space and we'll expand because we're going to continue to reach people and build lives because that's what God's called us to do here in McKinney and in Collin County. We're going to reach people. But even along the way, you may make improvements. I had some of the team, they asked me on Thursday. They're like, Pastor Chris, you think we can take the back wall and paint it black before Friday? I was like, no, you can't do that before Friday. I mean, you need to get scaffolding. I mean, I don't even know what that looked look like. You know, it's kind of like, what? Are you kidding me? And whether we do that or not, all those things are all well and good, and we'll do all that stuff. But can I tell you, it's never been about lights or screens or this or that. We'll have all those things, and we'll make improvements, and we'll serve, and we'll get better. And one day we'll move from this building. While we're grateful for it, well, there'll be another one. But may I make it clear, it's never been about buildings. It's about people, because people matter to God. And that's what Jesus is talking about. When you even look at the Sermon on the Mount, everything that he's doing always comes back to people. It's people. He's preaching here and he's sharing and he's talking about the Beatitudes, how we live our life. There's so many different aspects about the Sermon on the Mount and what he's doing and how we live our life. And he gets into this moment here in verse 14. And I love as he's preaching or as he's sharing here and he's communicating, he dials into something very specific and unique to the people. And he doesn't just simply point as an illustration. He actually uses them as the illustration. And here's what it says. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. He could have easily pointed to a city and said, hey guys, you see that city over there? That's the city. Look, that's, that's going to light it up. That's going to do it. That's good. See, because here, the, the, the people thought in that moment, they were all dialed in to this conquering savior that would come they had this perspective of what it would look like and how they thought things would happen and how they thought things would change and Jesus says no 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 no. I want to make it very clear here's one thing I want you to understand you are the light of the world you are the light of the world yes Jesus comes he is the savior he brings the transformation but it often happens what Jesus does it doesn't happen the way you often think it should and when you think it should he uses a different... See, these are people that didn't think much of themselves. They didn't show up that day going, here I am, light of the world. Hey, good to see it. Do you know who I am? Light of the world. Light, that's me. Light of the world. I got what it takes. Bright light. Okay, none of them showed up like that. They don't think of themselves that way. They don't see themselves that way. And I love what Jesus does. He says... You don't see yourself properly, but let me help you understand how I see you and who and what I've called you to be. You are 
the light of the world. And you're the light of your world because you have a world, a people, a community, a group of friends, people at work, people you come in contact with on a regular basis. It's not by happenstance and it's not by accident. God is saying you are a light to that world of those people around you. He says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, there's something powerful about light. Is it just takes just a, a little bit of light to push back darkness. It just takes a little bit of light. All it takes is just a little bit. And it begins to push back the darkness. It's like when, if you've ever watched the sunrise in the morning as the sun begins to rise and push back the darkness of night. Something happens and it begins to work and move in and through you. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, you are the light of the world. And so where are we going? What does it look like for us to continue to live out this vision personally, but what it looks like for us to live out the vision of us as Milestone Church together? to reach people and build lives. But before we look forward, I want us to look back just a little bit. I, I want us, again, these, these weekends are, are recalibration moments for us to look at what God has been doing in and through you because you are the church. The church is not just some building or some group of people or them. We are the church. We all play our part. And when we play our part, the whole is strengthened. The whole is strengthened. Here's some of the things that, that, that you have done, you've been a part of. And you may go, well, I, I'm kind of new. I've just been coming along. Maybe you've been since the beginning, starting in January 1, or maybe you just started coming once we started regathering after all the, the, uh, the shelter in place and, and all of that stuff and everything was online. I don't know. Maybe you just started coming over the last few weeks. But this is a part of what you're doing. We had a community-wide Easter meal drive. We delivered Easter meals to families in need that we were made aware of. And they got a dessert and they got vegetables and they got a, a dinner and a meal. They got rolls, Hawaiian rolls. Don't give them that, just, just regular roll. I want those Hawaiian rolls. You know what I'm talking about. they good. They got a touch on them, Okay. Folk are like, I could take, a, forget the turkey, give me two packs of Hawaiian rolls, please. Okay, I was like, all right, you know. Community-wide, we're just impacting people around us. We did a drive-through supply drive. You remember when, when toilet paper was at the same level as gold? It was pretty much the same, all right? You're kind of feeling like it's that way now. You're going in, it's like empty shelves. Like toilet, paper goods were a massive need. And we purchased paper goods, and we let people know in the area if they were in need, just simply drive up. We would load up their vehicle. We had cars driving through here, and we would just open up their trunk, and we would put in. We'd give them toilet paper. We'd give them paper towels. We'd give them water just to bless them, just to provide. We had two blood drives here, which were massive because during this season, the need for blood was important. But again, we're not just simply one campus or one church, we're one church with multiple campuses. And so all together, during, uh, I think it was the month of July, we did 91 projects on Serve Day between all of our campuses, serving people in massive ways that we had people here that were putting together no-so blankets for children in need at Children's Hospital. 
There were, there were uh, people helping at our Keller campus and, and, uh, and doing yard work and, and, and renovating people's uh, homes and, and building ramps for those in need. There was some in our ha- at our Hazlitt campus, single mom, they renovated and redid her whole house. So all across, just serving people. So it's not just, oh, this is what's happening, Milestone McKinney. Obviously, that's important to us because guess what? That's where you live in this area. But you're a part of something far greater than just Milestone McKinney. God is working and moving through us as a spiritual family in and through you as a spiritual family all across greater DFW. We had serve projects for single moms and families here in the area uh, during our United series that we just wrapped up. Serving families that were moving, we, we got word, there was a teacher who got word of a single mom that needed help, and they just showed up, lavished her with gifts, uh, well, really it was supplies, it was a gift, but it was supplies for, uh, their, uh, for her children in need and all of these things, and so serving them, there was families in transition, there was one mom who was a single mom, I think she had three or four children, and she had had surgery, couldn't work for six weeks, this small group just overwhelmed her, blessed her, helped her with her bills, uh, sent her money uh, for DoorDash because she couldn't get out of the house, and so she's having meals delivered, took her a care package, going above and beyond. That's what you did. That's what you're a part of. And then just since the beginning of the year, we've had over 60 people that have gone through Discovery 101 saying, I want to make Milestone Church my church home, and 66 people that have taken their next step and done 301. And it's amazing to see what God has done and what he's doing. So what does it look like? How do we see that light that's in us impact others? Where does the light shine? First is this. That light shines in you. It shines in you. You see, first the light gets in you deep. It impacts every dark area of your life. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, it begins to transform you from the inside out. It begins to push back darkness. But it's not just a light that comes from you. It's a light that comes out of you. It's like this. I don't know about you. My kids are really into flashlights. Any of your kids into flashlights? I don't know why, like flashlights. And here's the thing. Here's how they get me. You know what I'm talking about. You go to Academy, you go to a gas station, you go to Bucky's, you go, uh, you could go to Cabela's, wherever it is you go. It never fails. Right as you're checking out, they got flashlights and they got them cheap. They're like those little 99 cent ones and they're bright colors. And my girl, my girls are like, oh, I want that one, daddy. I want that one, daddy. Those people know what they're doing. It's an upsell. That's what they're looking for. They're like, how many things can we sell at one time? You know, I know what it's like. I worked retail. I, man, I worked at foot action. They don't have foot action anymore. I'm telling you what, I was just beating people down with shoe cleaner. I was like, you got them white shoes? You better get this shoe cleaner. It's going to be the end of the earth. If you don't, hey, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, it's like upsell, upsell. That's what they're doing to me with these flashlights. And so my kids get these flashlights, and they love it. They run around the backyard, flashlight, flashlight, flashlight. And when you think of light, that's what you think. Like you're a flashlight shining a light. No, 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 no. It's actually a light that comes out of you, not simply from you. You're not just this little flashlight just shining a light. There is something that God has done in you, and when it gets in you, it impacts those around you. It begins to impact your kids. 
It begins to impact your family. It, begin, it gets on them. I love it. Man, these kids up here. I mean, I could have preached that, nothing against everyone else in the first service. But I could have preached him 50 kids. Hold on, because they're ready. They're like, yes, Pastor Chris, let's go. I'm ready. I'm like, give me some of that. Let's go. We can, we, we can impact this city. We can see God make a difference. They're ready to go. And here's what I love is parents going, I see the value in them being in this environment. Because there were some kids, I remember I was talking to a dad. He brought, he had two kids that came. One, one of the students was really excited about coming. His other student, his other child is like, I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss. Can I tell you, last night I saw that student, and then this morning I saw that student. Just worshiping Jesus, going after the Lord. God did a work in their heart and their life. And let me tell you something. What happens is it begins to impact generations. So it doesn't just start in you. It also then in turn shines in the house. In the house. What do you mean? I'm talking about this environment right here. There's a light that God does inside of you, and it begins to make an impact here because you make an impact. Every part plays its part. See, we never set out. Pastor Jeff never set out to build an organization, to build just this massive thing, to build building. It was about impacting people. It was always about building a family. It was about building spiritual family. And it, what happens is when you see that begin to happen and God begins to do a work, it's not about hype. It's authenticity. You see, hype is excitement without depth. Authenticity is genuineness rooted in expectancy. There's an expectancy about what God is going to do and how he's going to work. And what happens is God begins to allow not only the light to shine in you, it begins to shine in this house. I'm so grateful for those, and we, we, we honored them earlier, all those individuals that came and played a part, regardless of how big or small, that were here helping serve, creating an, envi- creating an environment for young people to know Jesus, to meet him, to experience his presence. I'm so grateful because everyone played their part. It wasn't about, oh, well, I don't have this gifting. I don't have that gifting. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. It was about playing the role that God had called them to play. And every part matters. Don't blow your candle out. Don't blow the light out. Don't hide it under a basket. There's a part God's called you to play. And if you're not careful, you start looking through the lens of, I don't look like that. I don't talk like that. I'm not in that season of life. I don't have this skill set. I don't have this gifting. I don't have that gifting. It's not about any of those things. It's about the part that you play. And when we come together, that light begins to shine. Because then not only does it shine in the house, it begins to shine to others. It shines in others. I, I was so amazed. I heard a story this weekend. You know, we had fall retreat and again we this is what we want you you want your kids I'm so grateful that my kids grow up and are growing up in an environment like this I think about Camden and all her little friends she's going to be it I was kind of a harsh reality to me this past weekend I'm thinking my daughter is going to be at fall retreat next year like what is what is life okay some of you you're experiencing that this year you know and I'm thinking about all her little friends and they're going to be in here and just worshiping Jesus and journaling and getting shirts and I'm like you know so I get real dialed into it like you know because I'm I mean I'm already passionate about it I like it but then when your kids in that environment you're like I'm really dialed in like what are they doing what's going on you know all this stuff and and so you start that's what we want 
I'm grateful that my children are growing up in milestone kids. They're not being babysat in there. They're being taught God's truth because we firmly believe you don't have to wait to be great. You can be a great kid. You can be a great teenager. You can make a difference. And what happens is when that light gets in you and then when you see how it shines inside of the house, what begins to happen is you see and start thinking about how it can shine to others. I thought about Shelby. Shelby was a young lady this weekend. Her friends had been believing and praying for her to come to know Jesus. And at the last minute, just before Friday night service, Shelby came. And Shelby came, and on Friday night, Shelby gave her life to Jesus. And can I tell you something? Not only was Shelby excited, obviously, for her commitment, but all those girls, all her friends that had been praying for her, what do you think God began to do? How, how do you think they felt? Their faith just encouraged and strengthened. But here was what amazing. That mom texted one of the other leaders and said those girls were up all night showing Shelby how to read her Bible. That's the target, people. That's the target, church. That's what it looks like to reach people and build life. Here's a group of middle school girls focused on others, focused on, I want my friend to know Jesus. I want my friend to have her life impacted by Jesus. And then when she is, hey, we're going to show her how to read the Bible. They weren't thinking, well, I don't really know how to read the Bible. Well, I kind of know how to read the Bible, but I don't know how to read the Bible. How do you read the Bible? How do... No, they just said, we're just going to open the I don't you just read it. I don't know what, I mean, I don't think any of them have already been through seminary on how to teach someone else how to read the Bible. You know what they just did? They said, there's a light inside of me because of what Jesus did, and I want that light to spill out into those around me. That's what it looks like to reach people and build eyes. And when that vision gets inside of you, you can't stop. Because you start seeing all those around you that you think, what would happen because they don't know Jesus? You see, it gets in you, it shines in you, it shines in the house, and then it shines through you. I, I, when I look at Far Retreat, I look at, at these young people, I love this, and just so grateful again for Alex and the team. And I mean, it's environments like this, it takes a lot, okay? And, and there's a, you may be thinking, what can I do to help? You know what you can do next year? We'll sign you up already. You can be a small group leader. Okay, you can come help set up. You can help serve. That my neighbor, he was out here. I showed up Friday night. Brother's flipping hot dogs uh, on my grill. He kind of gave me a hard time. He's like, Pastor Chris, when was the last time you cleaned this grill? I was like, it's been a long time, brother. I'm sorry. You know, it's like sorry. It was like they were like shaming me. You know, I was like, I've been using my green egg. Sorry, you know, I'm using that gas grill no more. I was like, so it's like, I mean, he was up here. He doesn't even have children in this environment. He's up here going, I want to play a part. You need me to flip hot dogs? I'll flip hot dogs. You need me to open a door? I'll open a door. You need me to greet and say hi? I can do that. You need me to serve and we're going to go give this and do that and we're going to do a toy drive? I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Put me in, Coach. What would happen? How do we impact Collin County and the greater surrounding areas for the gospel of Jesus Christ when every single one plays their role? That when people walk in this door, you're greeting them as though they're walking into your home. Because that's what they're looking for. People are looking to belong. This is not just a small group of people going, oh, it's just us, you know, us four and no more. Some of you have been in environments like that. Nobody wants to be in that kind of environment. See, what you experience as friendly really isn't friendly, it's family. 
And that's what these young people are experiencing. That's what they've experienced and, and what they're experiencing in, in their relationship with Jesus, with others, and with their leaders. And it's moments like this that impact lives and their eternities and generations are transformed forever. You may be going, okay, Pastor Chris, well, what are you asking me to do? What, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want? What do you want? Well, I want what, what any pastor really wants, honestly. And it's really for every single one of us to just listen to God and, and do what he's saying. What's God speaking to you? You see, we have a real moment here. God's been doing, it's really honestly been amazing to see what God's been doing since we started regathering in June. The amount of new families that have come, the people that have gotten connected, the people that are serving, so many of you taking your next steps. But that's what I want for you is, is for you to take your next step. You know, maybe you've never experienced the light of Jesus in your life and you've never given your life to Christ. That's what I want for you. That's why we do what we do. That you would know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your next step in actively serving or being a part or helping build teams. Or maybe, it, maybe it's taking the next step and going, I'm going to start thinking about who can I invite to joy our women's event. Because the person you invite just may have a husband like Danny Myers. That because that wife comes to a women's event and then she brings her husband, eventually that husband gives his life to the Lord. Maybe it's inviting someone to a Christmas service. And, and listen, you know them. You may used to be that way. You were a, a Christer Christian. You know what that is? Christmas and Easter. That was it. That was the only time you went to church. Christer, you know. That was it. Maybe you know people like that. People are real open to come. All it takes is the power of an invitation. But something happens when you shift your eyes off of you and you have vision, not just the God-given vision that God gives you for your own life, but you begin to have a vision of what it looks like for us together and what and who God has called us to be as a church family. On Friday night, I, I shared with the students, I preached out of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And the prophet Isaiah is there and he has this vision. And the Lord says, whom will we send for us? And Isaiah simply says, here I am, Lord, send me. What would happen if we had a vision to say, here I am, Lord, send me? Send me to my place of employment. Send me to my neighborhood friends. Send me to the park where I'm always there with my kids and I see other moms and other families running around. Send me to that sports team that my kid's on. Send me to that gym that I go to all the time. Send me to that Starbucks and I see the same barista handing me the same, you know, pumpkin spice latte every single morning. Send me, Lord. What might happen? When that light that gets inside of us begins to shine out of us to those around us.